Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. I want to tell you, one of the things that you're going to have to do to know your purpose, and I've been teaching on purpose, and again, I heard Pastor Doan just brought it last week. Thank you, honey. So proud of you. But you're going to have to learn to overcome adversity. You're going to have to make up your mind that in the name of Jesus, whatever you've been called to do, whatever your purpose is, adversity will not defeat you. And I'm going to talk about that today. If there was any day that the enemy could have kept you home, he'd want to keep you home today because you're going to walk out of here empowered. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. You by live stream, follow along with us. Daniel chapter one, you can follow, or chapter six, you can follow along on the screen or you can open it in your Bible. It said, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because he had an excellent spirit. It was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So the governors and the satraps thronged before the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, and the advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm degree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except for you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now when Daniel, verse 10, knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his customs since the early days. Verse 16. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him in the, of, in the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords and that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him and also his sleep went from him. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went to the haste to the den of lions and when he came to the den he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel and the king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel! Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? <laughs> then Daniel said to the king, O oh, king, live forever. My God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. 
Verse 23, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury was found on him because he believed in his God. Ooh, that just gives me, just, I feel that. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied. Do you hear it as a heathen king with no connection to Jehovah? I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in the heavens and in the earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Do you believe in that God today? Do you believe in that God today? Make a little noise if you believe in that God. I'm gonna equip you today. I wanna give you seven keys to overcoming adversity and walking in your purpose. Say it in Jesus' name, say I'm here on purpose. I'm not an accident, I'm here on purpose. If you'd like to slip up your hands and let's ask for the Lord to have his way. God, it's all about you today. It's not about Jim Reilly. I've prepared, I've prayed, I've studied, but God, I want your word to go forth now and equip people to become all you called them to be. I thank you for it. Come on, give the Lord a great praise. Amen, and be seated. If you don't feel what I just read, I just want to have special prayer for you because I felt the anointing even as I read that text. Daniel arrived at that den, and, I, you know, I believe those lions were probably roaring, but maybe by the time he left, they were, they were meowing. How many of you want your lions to turn into kitty cats in the name of Jesus? The question is, how did Daniel overcome? I want to equip you today with truth that will be transformational in your life, that will cause you to be able to see your purpose become reality. How did Daniel overcome in stressful, impossible, adversarial situations? How did he overcome that adversity and achieve his purpose? Number one, Daniel knew this. Never expect the devil to fight fair when the devil lives to sabotage your purpose. Daniel was not surprised by the tactics of his enemies. The Bible said so the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault for as much as he was what? He was, he was faithful. Yeah, I guess you didn't have it up there. For as much as he was what? Faithful. And how many of you understand there is victory in being faithful? It says there was no error or fault found in him. They searched for something to use against him. What would happen in our lives if folks actually started searching for something to use against them or against us? One of the most important things that you've got to realize is that you don't need to empower people. You don't need to give people ammunition to use against you. Daniel lived in such a way that he did not give those men who sought to defeat him the ability to use anything that he had done or said against him. 
And I want you to understand this today. If the devil does not fight fair, don't expect the people that he uses to sabotage your destiny to fight fair. Can I talk to you today? If the devil inspires somebody to come against you, don't expect them to fight fair. The devil is the arch enemy of a man's spiritual interest, and you cannot afford to be shocked. I cannot afford to be surprised when those inspired by the devil use ungodly tactics. The devil will do anything he can to keep you from walking fully in your purpose. These men tried with all their might to get something on Daniel, but Daniel never empowered his enemies. They they tried but they tried in vain and the word of God declares for as much now now that's powerful to me for as much as that actually occurs three times in the Hebrew it's the equivalent of an exclamation point in Hebrew writing it says for as much as for as much as for as much as he was found faithful now the word faithful there is powerful to me because when you define that word faithful from the original text it means trustworthy reliable, morally steadfast. See, there's something about being faithful. There's something about keeping right on showing up. There's something about being faithful. I want to tell you something, and I want you to hear me when I tell you. One of the greatest weapons in your arsenal is the weapon of faithfulness. It's the weapon that says, I'm just going to keep showing up. See, I'm not the most articulate pastor. I'm not the most gifted pastor. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not the, the most well-connected pastor. There's always somebody who can outdo you. There's always somebody who speaks with more thought than you, more clarity than you. There's always a better singer than you. There's always somebody better at what you do than you are. And the moment that you think you're the best, you've probably lost your mind. Come on. Can I get a witness? The reality of it all is there are more gifted people than me, but I have had one ace in the hole. I have had one consistency in my life. I have kept showing up. I showed up when I didn't feel like it. I showed up when I didn't even like the people I was showing up for. Y'all can't help me preach. I showed up when I was depressed. I showed up when I was discouraged. I showed up when all hell was breaking loose. Sometimes the victory comes because you outlast the enemy and you keep right on showing up. Hallelujah. See, the devil doesn't want you to know this, but faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. How we need in this excuse-making society a faithful people who serve Jesus in the last days, faithfulness, who value accountability over excuses. Oh, it's quiet in here. That's the way I lead my staff. I seek accountability over excuses. What is accountability? Accountability is simply this. Did you do what you said you were going to do? And we live in a society that knows very little about accountability. But how many of you get tired of hanging out with folks that all they do is make excuses? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. But hear me in this place. I believe that, is, that as Christians that we should epitomize faithfulness in every way. I believe that we should be faithful in our walk, faithful in our worship. Christians should be the best employees. Christians should be the best business owners. If you're a business owner, you should be somebody that someone wants to work for because you are fair, you are honest, you are reliable, you are faithful. If you are a worker and you're looking for a job, you ought to be the guy that shows up on time. 
that doesn't spend the day on Facebook. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. You want to be honest, dependable, reliable, faithful. The Bible says in Psalms 31, 23, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the gifted. No, no, the Lord preserves the well-connected. No, no, no. The Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Preserves means to keep close, to protect and to blockade. See, you and I have got to remain faithful. They couldn't come up with any real attack against Daniel because he was faithful. So they began to conjure things up. And don't be surprised that if the devil can't get you, he'll make something up about you. The devil will lie on you. <laughs> the devil will present you in a way that it's not even you. Don't be surprised by the enemy's tactics because can I say it? The devil is a dog. Come on, y'all. Some come on, somebody. He doesn't fight fair. He'll come against your family. He'll come against your mind. He'll come against your peace, your anointing, your finances, your marriage. Who am I talking to? Your children. He'll come against your resources. Every place and any place he will. Will attack and the question is why why would this occur why would this happen it happens because the devil wants to sabotage your purpose but here's what I know about Daniel Daniel was used to fighting but he was also used to winning don't just get used to fighting start expect to be a expecting to be a winner I'm not the best or the greatest, but let me tell you, if there's a real fight, you want me in the room. If there's a real fight, if it gets down to a real fight, I'm not saying I'm a black belt in karate. I'm not saying I know judo. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I'm that guy. But I'm saying if there's a real fight, if there's a real, you coming after my family, somebody coming after your family, and it's me and you, let me tell you, I will bite, I will kick, I will scrap, I will pull your hair out of your head, and then I will pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ. But if there's a real fight, you want me there. Because here's what I want you to know. I want you to know here today in this room, I want you to understand, don't just get used to fighting, get used to winning. The fight is not going to last forever and God is not going to let you in the fight if your destiny is not to win it. Now you can't get in a fight that you start, in a fight that you birth, in a fight that you make out and then expect God to give you the victory over the fight he don't have anything to do with. But if he ever leads you into a fight, you're going to have what you need to overcome in that battle. In 1 Samuel 15, I believe it was, David got anointed. He was anointed. And so many people say, God, anoint me. But what you've got to comprehend is this. When you are asking for the anointing, you're also asking for warfare. Because when, Daniel was, when David was anointed in chapter 15, he fought Goliath in chapter 16. So people say, Pastor, I want that anointing. That anointing, I want that anointing that you carry. Listen, war follows anointing. Help me, Holy Ghost. But here's what I know about God. God will not let you in a fight unless he's given you what you need to win the fight even before you get in it. Can I find a church in here this morning? He got the anointment before he got the appointment. And some of you have moved into a season of warfare, but the Lord brought Jim Ready to tell you, he, Jim Ready here to tell you today, that whatever you need to win the fight, you already got the anointing to win it because God is not going to let you in it if he hasn't already given you the power to be more than a conqueror. Daniel knew it wasn't a fair fight, but it was a fixed fight. 
Now, number two, understand the attack of the enemy is not only against your God-given purpose, but it's against God himself. Verse 5 says, then these men said, we don't find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now, Daniel knew this fight is not ultimately just about me. It's about the God that I serve. What you must understand is this, one of the main reasons you will encounter attack is because the devil hates you and he hates the God that you serve. And some of the things that I taught you, and I just reflected that, is you're going to have to fight. You'll have to go through seasons of warfare. And do you realize in Daniel's case how difficult it must have been to see Daniel, a foreigner, a man who was, who was from Israel, who refused their gods, being more blessed than they were. Here's what I need to tell you. You can't be surprised when some folk don't rejoice with you. You can't be surprised when some folks are not happy about your promotion or what the Lord does in your life or about the salvation of your children or they're not happy about your prosperity. They get mad and upset when good things happen in your life. There are some people, they want to go to the Cracker Barrel with you and they want to hang out at, they, they want to hang out with you at the restaurant as long as you're down. But the moment you start to rise, they then have no ability to hang out with you because they see your success as a reflection of their failure and they like you as long as you're down. But I got to have some friends in my life who don't want to keep me down, who want to rise so we can all rise together. Don't get mad at these people though. You can't war with people who are trying to sabotage you because in reality, you're not fighting with people. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds. You're not fighting the person. You gotta understand that you're not in warfare with people. You're not in warfare with, with, with individuals. You're not in warfare with people in your family are people that have come against you. You are fighting the spirit behind the person. Come up here, Judah and Troy. Get up here quickly. So often what we do is we see the person. We see the individual. And Troy said in first service I was the spirit, but this, that, this I'm going to be the man this time. But, but the truth is, we, we have this warfare and we think it's against the person. So we battle the person, we fight the person, we get jacked up with the person, we get mad at the person, we get upset with the person. So we're talking about the person when the reality, it's not the person that you're dealing with for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means fleshly. It is not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for, for the pulling down of the strongholds. This this is a stronghold behind him. This is a spirit behind him. This is a devil designed destructive spirit that is trying to defeat you. So the day you stop fighting the person and you begin to do warfare with that spirit and you say, I bind every spirit that has set itself against my son or my daughter that is trying to defeat my life. I take authority in the name of Jesus. You find out that when you defeat the spirit and you get the spirit out of the way, suddenly the person begins to change. Is there anybody who understands I don't want to fight nobody but I do want to fight the devil make a little noise if that's you now watch the attack that you have to endure at times you got to know again you're not warring with people you're warring with the spirit behind people it's ultimately an attack against your anointing and against your God why write this down because what is in them despises what is in you 
The devil detests the godless in you. But I want you to look at your neighbor. If you believe the Lord is not done with you, just look at your neighbor and just say, neighbor, if you can't handle where I am now, you're really going to trip when God takes me to the next level. Oh, somebody give God a prayer. I said, give God a prayer. If you're tripping where I'm at right now, oh, don't find me in five years because I ain't staying where I am. God is on my side. Number three, here's what you got to do. You got to do what Daniel did. You got to stick with what works. Daniel never abandoned what had always worked for him. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and into his upper room with his windows open and prayed toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times, three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom. He, it seems like Daniel, you could pray just one time. Daniel, you could at least close the window. No, Daniel opened up the windows and prayed three times. He didn't let anything the enemy did cause him to vacillate towards what he had made the commitment to God to do. So he remained faithful to God. I want to tell somebody today, don't be quiet about your dedication to God. In fact, open the windows. Let the people see. I want folks to know that I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not a closet Christian. I am not an undercover believer. I am not just saved at church. Let me tell you, when I walk out of this house, I'm still radical. I'm still a worshiper. I'm still a praiser. I'll still bind the devil up. I'll pray in the Holy Ghost on the airplane. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. There was a woman who got on the airplane with me a while back. She had cancer, and I she right here in Daytona. I took her hand. I rebuked cancer right in first class. Come on, somebody. I got an upgrade, and she did too, and didn't even know it. She was sitting by saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, bind the devil, rebuke cancer, and loose the power of healing. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need some folks with an open the window mentality. Do I have any open the window people at Calvary? Come on, make a little noise if you're an open the window person. Daniel understood that, that the cost and the price for what he was about to do. But tell your neighbor, just look at him and say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God had brought him this far. Daniel knew it was the Lord that had gotten him to where he was. And the only way he could be sustained would be to trust God the rest of the way through. He didn't let the stress. The pressure, the attacks stop him from doing what he knew to do because he found out what works. There are some people in this room today, you found out what works. Folks look at you like you're crazy and they ask you why you tithe, why you pray, why you trust, why you give, why do you worship, why do you believe, why you act the way you act. It's because you have discovered what works hallelujah do i have anybody here you believe that prayer actually works do you believe your giving actually works do you believe that your praise actually do you believe that the word works 
Is there anybody that can say, Pastor, I'm not changing what I'm doing no matter what the culture does, no matter what the world does. I have found this out. My praise is a weapon. My worship is wonderful. My word, when I declare the word of God, it works in my life. Oh, hallelujah. I've said for years, I believe it with all my heart. People may try to argue with you, but you know better. Victory in Jesus is a sure thing. Point at somebody and say, hey, listen. Say, victory in Jesus is a sure thing. Come on, give God a praise. I said, give God a praise. Is there anybody here with enough experience in the Lord that you know it works? You, you, you know the healer heals. You know the forgiver forgives. You know the redeemer redeems. You know the provider provides. You know the way. You know the truth. You know the life. You know wonderful. You know counselor. You know the mighty God. They plotted against Daniel and they'll plot against you. They tried to destroy Daniel and they'll try to destroy you. They wanted to see Daniel dead and the enemy does not want you to make it. But I come today to tell you, stick with what works. If it worked for Daniel, it'll work for you. If it worked for David. Tell three or four people, say stick with what works. Number four, take courage. Your God can and will shut the mouth of anything and everything trying to devour your purpose. Just look at somebody. Look them in the eye. They won't look you in the eye, then look them in the ear hole. Tell your neighbors, say courage. Say your God can and will. Say he can and will. Shut the mouth of anything and everything that would try to devour your purpose. Now make a little noise if you believe it. The Bible said that the king rose very early in the morning, went out in haste to the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? <laughs> Daniel's in there chilling. Daniel said to the king, O oh, king, live forever, my God. Send his angel and shut the lion's mouth so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. What did Daniel do, y'all? The very first thing Daniel did when the victory came was that he gave God the praise. Sometimes you don't see what you want to see because God knows when you see it, you won't give him praise. Sometimes what holds you from walking in the fullness of the power that God wants you to walk in is he knows that the moment it happens, you'll forget who made it come to pass. You'll forget who opened the door, saved the child, gave you the job, gave you the opportunity, healed your body. But I feel like I came on time change Sunday into a room full of people who have made up in their mind and said, God, the moment you do it, I will not shut my 
mouth. I will not strut around, but I will give you all the praise. I dare you right now, let him know you're going to praise him when the victory comes. In fact, some of us are trying to get God to do the next thing when we haven't even thanked him for the last thing. We're trying to get the Lord to manifest the next thing when we hadn't even praised him for what he's already done. Truth be told, if you began to praise God just for what he had already done, I wouldn't even be able to get you out of here this afternoon. I need somebody right now that would just praise him for what he's already done. God, I'm not going to wait till you do this. I'm going to praise you for what you've already done. One of the things the devil doesn't want you to know is that your purpose is inextricably linked to your praise. Your purpose is linked to your praise. See, the truth is, some of y'all are radical. That's what I love about Calvary. We don't slide in. We don't ease in. We come to church, and the moment we start, it's just like a bomb goes off in this place. And that's what I love about this church. And some of y'all are just, that's how y'all are. You come to Calvary because, you know, even on Time Change Sunday, even on Bike Week Sunday, we're not going to slow down. We're going to lift him up because he's worthy. And some of y'all been praising him already. Some of y'all been busting loose as it is. Some of y'all been coming to church and you've been dancing and, and you've been shouting and you've been praising and you haven't even seen the totality of your miracle manifest. You haven't even walked in the fullness of your purpose yet. Some of y'all been praising him when you don't even have the money, when you haven't even seen the children say, when you haven't even seen the door open, when you haven't even seen your marriage restored, when you haven't even been healed yet, when you haven't even seen the financial miracle come, you've been up in front praising him. If they think you praise him now, wait a minute, wait till God does what he says he's going to do. If they think you're radical now, they ain't seen a praise until when you, when you come in that day and every one of your children are born again, you are going to run this whole house down. Some folks ain't even ever seen you free. Look around, tell three or four people, you better look out. You better look out. You think I'm free right? I can't, I... You think I'm free right now? Wait until I see some answered prayers. Wait till I walk out of that den. Wait till I walk into my new season. You ain't seen. Nothing. My praise right now for many situations is just my dress rehearsal. Now the Bible says that God's angel in verse 22, Daniel said, came and shut the lion's mouth. Shut is powerful there. It's an Aramaic word. It actually is the word cigar, cigar, where we derive our English word cigar. You don't need to be smoking them. Come on but it means to roll up and to shut tightly. You better hear me. Here's what I hear the Lord say. God is about to roll up or shut tightly the mouth of anything or anyone who would try to devour your purpose. 
Every enemy of your purpose, your enemy is about to get a serious case of lockjaw. Come on. God's going to shut the mouth up tight of anything and anyone that would try to devour your purpose. Like how a cigar is rolled up. Could you imagine those lions? They were hungry. I said they were hungry, y'all. They wanted to have Daniel for dinner. But when he came in there, the Lord shut their mouth up. They couldn't have opened their mouths if they wanted to. They could not have bitten Daniel if they wanted to. Do you not realize that if the devil could have killed you, you would have already been dead? If the devil could have kept you from here, some of y'all took a while to get here. But if the devil could have kept you from here, you would have never got here. But you need to understand that even when you were in the lion's den and you thought you were going to die, it was the Lord on your side that kept you from being devoured. Somebody give God a praise in here. Now, my dad, some of y'all knew him, some of you didn't, but he was here. He passed in 2005, and he finished his last stretch here with me, and we called him Pastor Paul Paul. He was love on wheels, y'all. There was nobody in the world like my dad. I miss him every day. I, I loved it when he would sit right on the front when I was preaching, and he had church with me when nobody else did. But my dad used to tell this story. He was a trip, y'all. He, he would talk about Daniel. My dad pastored his first church when he was 17. So he would tell this story about Daniel. I remember him talking about it when I was a kid. And he said, you know, Daniel walks in there and he said, and he begins to realize that these lions are not going to, to, to devour him or eat him. He said, I can see Daniel moving them lions around and he lays up on one like it's a pillar. And he starts relaxing and chilling and just resting. And then he talked. Then all of a sudden, the lions are in a circle. And he said they 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 start doing moving their tails round and round. And they start fanning Daniel. And my dad said, my dad said, here Daniel is laying on a pillow in an air-conditioned lion's den. I know some of y'all religious people can't handle that, but let me tell you, God will give you peace in an unlikely place. He'll give you rest in an unlikely place. You'll be sitting there saying, I ought to be panicking, but I know that the, the Lord is on my side. My children are acting crazy, but I know the Lord is on my side. My money sure got funny, but I know the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost busting out in this place right now because some of y'all are saying, in spite of what I see, I will rest in the Lord. He is on my side. The, lie, the Bible said in Psalms 31, 18, let the lying lips be put to silence. It literally means shut up tight, which speaks grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? to shut up tight the mouth of the thing that would try to devour your purpose. Make a little noise if you're ready to see the Lord do it. Number five, watch this. Often, understand often, what seems like a setback might actually be a setup for your purpose. Because Daniel came out of that den, brother, and he didn't come out like he went in. He came out with credibility. Sometimes what we go through gives us credibility. 
Sometimes what we face when we stand up in fear and we say, you know what, I have fear, but I'm standing up anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm under attack, but I'm going to persevere in a way. He came out with credibility. And understand, sometimes what we think is a setback in all actuality is a setup. The Bible says, watch, then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. Now here is a heathen king. He said, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the Lord God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure until the end. He delivers and he rescues and he works signs and wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Hear me in this house. He works signs and wonders in the heavens and in the earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. I want to tell you something. What looked like a setback was actually a setup. For the God of Daniel is the living God. Tell your neighbor it's just a setup. Oh, Jesus, I said, tell your neighbor it's just a setup. I've come to tell somebody, maybe you fell off, maybe you went the wrong direction, maybe you've had some things happen, but your purpose is still intact. It's just a setup. Even the fear was a setup. Your struggles were a setup. I said setup. I said setup. 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 I, I got a cancer report. Setup. My kids are going crazy. Setup. I have issues. It's a setup. I have dilemmas. It's a setup. I don't, I don't feel strong enough. It's a setup. I can't do it. It's a setup. I can't survive it. It's a setup because God is about to turn your setback into a comeback hallelujah it's a setup for him to get the glory look around and tell three or four people say set up set up set up set up hallelujah 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 say set up I got a problem here I got an issue here I got an attack right here I got a doctor's report right here. I got crazy children right here. My, my, my mate is losing their mind right here. But I came to Calvary to tell somebody, sit up, sit down. Sit up, sit down. Sit up, sit down. Sit up, sit down. Sit down. Sit. Every setup has got to sit down in the name of Jesus Christ and you are going to see your purpose become a reality. Get on your feet and tell five people, set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. Yeah, I feel a breakthrough in this room. <laughs> I said I feel a breakthrough in this room. The Bible said the God of Daniel, he delivers, he rescues, and he works signs and wonders. Call me crazy if you want to, but I still believe in Daniel's God. Make a little noise if you still believe in Daniel's God. Stand to your feet, everybody. I said make a little noise if you still believe in Daniel's God. 
tell your neighbor, say neighbor, I still believe in Daniel's God. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I still believe in the God who parted the Red Sea. I still believe in the God who was the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I still believe in a Jesus that cleansed the leper and set the captive free and discharged the debtor. I still believe in a Jesus that looked at Jairus' daughter and said to Letha Kuma, which means daughter arise. I still believe in the water walker. I still believe in the way maker. My God, give him praise if you're a believer. I gotta shut my mouth. But here's number six, look at your neighbor and say neighbor. Say in Jesus' name, you will not just survive, but you about to thrive. Somebody give God a praise if you believe it. The Bible said, so Daniel, so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Prospered means to be blessed successful, profitable, and promoted. Put your hand on your chest and get crazy with me and say, I will, I will overcome adversity. I will prosper. I will be blessed, successful, profitable, and promoted. Now give God praise. Now give God praise. Oh, I gotta shut my mouth. But look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the den is not the end. You're coming out. God's on your side. Overcome that adversity. Your purpose is intact. Give God a praise now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm not going to survive when I come out of the den, baby, look out. When I come out of the den, baby, look out. God's going to get all the glory and I'm going to get a promotion. And the ones that tried to kill me are going to have to watch me rise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Take that devil. Then the king, Daniel 1:3, instructed Hasphanes, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men, whom there were no blemish, good looking. Tell your neighbor that would have been you. Come on, tell your neighbor, good looking. Say that'd been you. Gifted in all wisdom. Tell them maybe not. Come on, no. Possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had the ability. Somebody say ability. 
to serve God in the king's palace. In other words, they could be raised up and act right. Some people can't be raised up because they lose their mind when they get raised up. The Bible said they have the ability. Somebody say ability. We trace the word ability, and I'm trying to close, to the word chameleon. What does that mean? A chameleon is different. A chameleon adapts. Bugs, other lizards, frogs, they get crushed, but not a chameleon. See, you will succeed in your purpose when you learn to be like a chameleon, when you learn to be adaptable. Daniel prospered and ruled and was blessed in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Cyrus, and Darius. Why? Because he was like a chameleon. Wherever he was, God gave him the ability to fit in without compromising who he was. See, some of you are struggling right now and are not blessed right now because you refuse to adapt to change. Oh, you say, Pastor, you're not yelling anymore. It's on purpose. Because I don't need you to shout now. I need you to listen. I'm 55 years old. Tell your neighbor, daddy's talking. Mm -hmm. Talking to you like you're my spiritual children. And I love you. One of the reasons Daniel prospered was because he remained a man of transition. I want to be a man who understands transition. I don't want to stay locked in this when God is doing that. And I don't want to stay right here when God says the next thing is over here. Maybe you're going through change right now, but don't freak out about it. Just on the other side of your change is your blessing. Hmm? You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. You don't understand. I thought you were closing. I thought you were finishing. I am in just a minute. Pastor, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. And it brings me to my last point. Your greatest victories manifest and you overcome adversity when you trust God more than you trust your circumstances. When you trust what he said more than you trust what you see. Daniel walked into the lion's den. He couldn't deny the lions. They were hungry. But he trusted his God. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found in him. You say, Pastor, you, you don't understand. You don't know. You, 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 don't, you don't get it with me. I'm, 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 I've, got, I've got adversity. I've got negative circumstances in my marriage, with my children, with my money, with my problems, with my issues, with the sickness. But here's what you have to do. At some point, you have to trust what God has said. And you don't need to give your circumstances the last word. Here's it is. If I preached all this way to come to this one point, look at me, mother. Look at me, dad. Look at me, brothers and sisters. If I, if I made all this journey 
to come right here. It was worth it. I've come to tell you, trust God more than you trust your circumstances. Believe God. He ain't going to fail. I said, he ain't going to fail. I said, he ain't going to fail. All things are possible to them that believe. Seven things. Never expect, number one, the devil to fight fair when he lives to sabotage your purpose. Stop expecting the devil to fight fair. Remember, it's not a fair fight, but it's a fixed fight. Number two, understand the attack of the enemy is not only against your God-given purpose, but against God himself. There are people who are controlled by the enemy, and what is in them despises what is in you. Number three, he prayed with the windows open. Tell your neighbor, stick with what works. Number four, take courage. Your God can and will shut the mouth of anything and everything trying to devour you. Why isn't this rich? Number five, understand often what seems like a setback might actually be a set up, set up, set up, set up, set up for your purpose. In Jesus' name, number six, you will not just survive. But raise your hands and say, I'm going to thrive. And number seven, your greatest victories manifest and you overcome adversity when you trust God more than you trust your circumstances. If you feel a little bit empowered, give the Lord a praise right now. I feel a little bit empowered. If you feel a lot empowered, I said, if you feel a lot empowered, give the Lord not only a praise, give him a shout. Here's the reality. I, I love you guys so much. Thank you for moving your clocks forward and showing up. To all the people that came in at 12:15, we glad you made it. <laughs> but the truth is, I care about you. I love you with my heart. And so when I preach to you like this, I do it purposefully because here's the reality. When I come to church, I want to have something for you. If I didn't have something for you, I'd be home snug as a bug in a rug. So if God gave me this word, he must be talking to you. And what he told me to tell you is this. You're here on purpose. You say, well, I've messed up God's plan for my life. You ain't got that much power. God knew you were going to mess up before you ever messed up. You ain't all that. Do you, you think you all that? You, you think, you, you think, bro, you better take a deep breath. Get some oxygen up in your head. Pastor Rayleigh, I'm here. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And there's sin in my life. Pray for me because my struggle is real. And part of my problem is self-inflicted. When you pray, pray for me. When I count to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Pray for me, Pastor. I see you. I see you. I see you. I can't blame nobody else. Nobody even put me in the lion's den. I just kind of walked in, so pray for me. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you raise your hand up, just keep it up right now. God's dealing with people, and you. it's time for you to walk in a new season. Five, four. If you need to raise your hand, raise it now. I'm not going to be here much longer, so today's your day. Three, two, 
one. If you raise that hand up, hold it up. If you really meant it and you're ready for a transformation, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do want you to make a step. And I want you to come stand right here and let me pray for you. Somebody next to you, raise their hand. Will you move so they can come? Just move back in your seat. Come and stand right here and we'll have a prayer together. That's it. Come on. It's a new season. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, 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 it is. Oh, look at Jesus. I bet people are still going to come. Look at Jesus. Hey, hey, bless your name, Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, don't, don't, don't let nothing keep you back. Don't, don't let nothing hold you in your chair. The Lord said, put your foot in the door and hold it open just about 20 more seconds. I got a couple more that ought to come. So here we go. There, there she comes. Come on. You need to come. I want you to come. I'm putting my foot in the door just for you. Just for you. Just for you. Ha. Well, look at here. Time change Sunday, bike week. Boy, it's a bad day for the devil, but it's a great day for you. Hallelujah. Put your hand right here on your heart and pray right here after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. You see my struggle. You see my den. You see my problem. I'm asking you, forgive me for all my sins. Anything that I have done that has made my own problem my own reality. Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. Thank you that my purpose is still intact. I will overcome all this adversity. And Lord, you get the glory. Give me a new start and a new beginning. Here's what I want all you guys to do. I want to meet you right over here. I got a little something for you. I want to pray with you personally, but I want everybody to come and go that way right there. Would you give all these a hand? Let's just help them get right there. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Chief. You are, this is so crazy, so beautiful. So I'm going to sing that to the Lord. To me, Jesus, can't you see? Jesus, here you go. You're everything I hope for. Somebody raise your hands and tell him, say, Lord. You're everything I need. Come on, help me with something. You are so beautiful to me. Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. 
We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.